Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Arb Life Podcast. Tonight, I'm joined by Jamie Boston, Australian arborist, winner of the 2018 ISA International Tree Climbing Competition Ascent Event, and Silky Saw Ambassador. We talk about family, hard work, and enduring whatever it takes to chase a dream. This is the Arb Life, for arborists to be inspired. Oh, just relaxing. It's relaxing. Um, sitting in the air conditioning. <laughs> That's a good place. That's a good place to be after a long day of work. That's it. That's it. I got a bit of a hangover too. We had a work Christmas party yesterday, so <laughs> <laughs> nursing a bit of a hangover. <laughs> tis tis right. the season, man. Tis the season. Hey, That's do that. It. Listen, man, I really appreciate you uh, uh, taking the time uh, to talk with me. Um, yep. You know, dude, I've been I've been creeping on on you for uh, uh, on the social media for a while, and and a lot of your uh, successes um, with the competition climbing, and you know your career in general, man. And uh, yep. I got a lot of uh, respect for what you're doing, and uh, you know, sort of the character that you embody for for the community. Um, you know, man, I get uh, the impression that you're a real hard worker. So I, I would like to ask you, uh, you know, first off, how did you, you know, get started in the industry? What is your background um, as an arborist? Where are you coming from? Yep. Okay. So um, I, when I left school, um, I actually was was a builder. So I was building building houses, and um, here in Australia, it was a um, little bit of a, I suppose. A recession in in that sort of thing so work was a bit up and down like I would work um, you know for three or four months doing that and then um, that would that would dry up and then I'd have, you know go work for somebody else so there was a bit of time off here and there and it was just a bit inconsistent um, and I had a good friend of mine at the time he was climbing trees and um, to be honest I hadn't never thought of it as a career um, and then he he suggested to come have a go um, he took me climbing before I'd even started in the industry, and I was like, "This is pretty cool. It's pretty fun." I I, uh, I grew up um, racing motorbikes and um, sort of a bit of a adrenaline sport sort of person. Um, and yeah, so he got me a start, and it was just um, you know started green, started on the ground, and you know put the work in. And um, probably about five months in, um, they asked me if I wanted to to climb, and so I jumped on that opportunity and. And um, yeah, so I worked at that company for four and a half years, I think, and then made a big move um, uh, with with my brother because me and my brother, I got him a job as well. So um, we're very competitive, me and him. So we sort of push each other along with all that sort of stuff. Um, and then we moved to Darwin, which is the like top north of Australia. Um, super, super hot, like 100% humidity, 40 degrees Celsius, um, just ridiculous to work there so I went up there to work with a guy um who'd been Australian champion tree climber named Richard Kenyon um very very good arborist um and that sort of progressed and I, I got to work with um like Scott Forrest and a few of the you know because he spent some real world-class climbers up there and that was sort of so that pushed my career along a lot and then um I was, I was only there for probably a year and a half it was just too hot and hard basically then I moved back down to the east coast of Australia like close to where I'm from and um, work at a company called Treescape. So I was the foreman, um, lead lead climber of 
of a heavy, heavy clearing division was what it was called. So we sort of did commercial cranes, excavators, a lot of, a lot of bigger high-end tree work and things like that. And now I've just taken a training manager role at the same company. Dude, that's uh, uh, that's cool. I'm I'm drawn back to the uh, to that portion where you mentioned. I believe it was called Darwin. Did you ref- is that yep. the name of that section? Yep. So so okay. So um, is is that a uh, like like is that sort of like a proving ground or an or an apprentice location? Does Richard Kenyon specifically operate out of that location in in in, yeah. in those conditions? So that's where he's based out of. So yeah. is he? I mean, he uh, you, would you refer to him as uh, you know a mentor in, in the industry, so to speak? The time you spent yeah. there and, and what you learned. Yeah, absolutely. Like I. I probably learned more in that, or you know, as much in that year and a half of working for him than I'd probably done in in the four years previous at the other company. Because the other company I worked at, we were just predominantly power line trimming, so um, trimming clearance for for power lines. So it was a pretty small section of arboriculture. Um, I didn't really get to experience the full range of arboriculture until I went up there as pruning big removals. We actually weren't allowed to wear spikes. Um, near the power line, so anytime we did removals, we had to do them spikeless. So it was right. good. I, I learned a lot about climbing um, without spikes, and I got pretty good at it pretty fast because we didn't we didn't wear spikes. But um, so that was a whole whole new thing to learn. So that for me, that was that was the hardest year and a half of my working career. But at the same time, it was probably the most rewarding, and I learned so much out. It basically made made me the RSA in today. Yeah, man, that's really rad, and I know. Um you also mentioned your brother. So do you guys, uh, do you guys still get to work together or was that, uh, you know, just for a couple of years there? Um, is he still yeah. working? I mean, you, you, you obviously, uh, influence each other a lot and stuff like that. Could you, could you talk about, uh, your relationship with your brother and you working with him and sort of, you know, what that means to you? That seems like a really special thing. Yeah. Like we, like we grew up, he's two years younger than I am. Um, we've always grown up, we've always had the same hobbies and, you know, we're best mates at the end of the day. So um, for, for me and him, like I got him a job probably a year after I started in tree work and I was like, man, you need to come do this. Like, you'll, you'll love this. Um, he was a baker at the time, like cooking, uh, doing cooking breads and things like that. Um, and, and, it was, and I got him a job and so we did probably the first. So we, we worked our time at um, the power line trimming company and then we both went to Darwin together. Um, he loves it up there. He's still up there now. Uh, That's not, awesome. working for, not working for the same person. He's, he's come and gone and um, a few times from Darwin. But Darwin's, I suppose, you could refer it to the Wild West of right. Australia. Right. Um, the, the crocodiles, you know, it's it's really, really hard. But if you're into your hunting and you're fishing and, and it's just more laid back. Um, yeah. Yeah, he he's about that life. It just suits him. Suits yeah, that's true. Like, yeah. Now that now, do you guys um uh is he into that competitive um circuits out yep. there? I mean, does he does he climb with you at comps? So you guys get to share yep. that experience together as well. Yeah, yeah. So we we both started competing at the same time. We've always just pushed each other and trained together and everything like that. We're always on the phone, all the new things. Um, he's. To be honest, he's he's a better climber than I am. Um, he just doesn't he just doesn't work as hard as I am. Um, I train a lot more, <laughs> right? Um, and put the work in. And, you right. Know, that old saying: um, hard work beats natural talent. When natural talent doesn't work hard, that's um, it, man. 
he's that natural talent guy and he always has been growing up. So um, we feed off each other. I've tried to, you know, I think he, he could have and should have broken the footlock world record. You know, he was built for it. He's lean and fast and he doesn't train and sort of mid 14 second footlocks and right. <laughs> things like that. That's, and, yeah, that's badass. Um, I've worked my ass off to be good at it, and he sort of he, he did train and he did put work in, but you know I, I try to get him. So he he's a top tier climber. Um, I was actually surprised that you know I got to the world championships before he did um, as as a competitor. So um, yeah, he's we've sort of made the masters at the Australian Championships the last three years in a row. Um, yeah, he, both of us are you know he's definitely a high end climber himself. Dude, that's so. That's so rad, man, that you get to, uh, uh, you know, share that life and, and those experiences with, um, with family. That's really cool. Uh, yeah. you know, um, the other thing, uh, you had mentioned the, uh, uh, the world championships and, um, you took down the, uh, the ascent event this year. A lot of people were, there was a lot of hype around that and, and your performance there. And, um, you know, I gather that you, you know, from what you've said and from what I've seen online and and stuff like that, just sort of how hard you work, it it almost seems, uh, you know, very consuming the time that you put in, um, to, to get those results. Can you talk about a little bit about that? Maybe, you know, your obsessions with, with the event and your performance and the whole nine yards. Yeah, so I suppose we'll go we'll start at the training. Um, coming up, like, so comp season or, you know, say a couple of months out from any competition, um, I'll probably spend four days a week after work, three to four days a week after work training, um, whether that's work climbs or ascents or, um, you know, rescues or whatever it is. I've got a bit of a crew here that I that I bring up and I train, um, train up. Like, I'm quite passionate about training, obviously, my role as a trainer now. Um, at Treescape, so I'm quite passionate about it, and um, uh, so I've got a bit of a crew of people here, and we sort of feed off each other. Like they get me training, they keep me motivated, and then I teach them um, the rules and, and what to do and how to do. Um, so I put a fair bit of work in um, for the training and get myself fit. I, I try, I try just just replicate basically what we're doing um, in the competitions. I've got a whole lot of trees set up around the area that we can go do different ones, and so we're not jamming the same tree flat out. Um, so yeah, put a lot of work in the ascent to me, just sort of came to me. Um, I, you know, I was a bit upset, um, I suppose when they took Ray the footlock and I understand why they did, but I put in a whole lot of work to be decent at the footlock as well. Um, I was a bit upset when they took that away. I think they should have just added the, um, added the ascent, but at the same time, I think it's got a lot more people that weren't keen on the competition. The footlock turned a lot of people away from competitions. Um, so I'm glad that. It, it has gone the way it's gone and um you know for me i it sort of just came to me um to be good at the ascent um i, f- I figured out pretty quick that i was good at it um and yeah so i just put the work in i bought you know spent the money and bought the gear that i needed so the towers um and that sort of thing and um yeah just put the work in it took me a few days to to work out how to get it all on in under under 10 seconds and what do you run that what do you run in the um uh, like a variation of a micro frog or something like that? It's basically yeah, micro frog with with instead of the crawl um, or a chest sander, you just replace it with the taz. Right. Um, so I think for me, I think part of the key it was a bit of a um, a blessing in disguise, I suppose. Um, my foot loop 
from my hand to sender to my foot. Um, it's just a petzl foot loop. It has the big the big opening where you put your foot in. Mm-hmm. Um, I always ran it loose. Like everybody, you know, you got the clipping steps and they the clip clip it on or you know tighten it onto your foot. Um, for me, I never tighten it onto my foot. So um, I think my coordination with my feet and my hands, my left foot and my hands, is so spot on that like momentum wise in the competitions, it's nearly flawless. Like I never have like a slack foot loop and right like, a, like jab at it sort of thing. I think. Like I'm sort like I'm, I suppose I'm I'm pretty tall. I'm six three and a half, so that probably helps as well um, with with that sort of thing. Uh, it took me a little bit to. I didn't really have to change much about my ascent style at all. It's sort of all. I think the only thing that I changed was how I start. So you see, it's sort of becoming more popular now. After I've been doing it, was a sitting start. Right. Um, I think I fully fully weight the rope then and and actually get momentum so I, I make a movement before my second foot leaves the ground so i've gained momentum before i've really started right um so that was sort of a, a thing that i worked on and it's starting to become pretty popular now um but yeah it's sort of for me it was like yeah it sort of just fell fell in my hands that i was good at that event like i put work in but um i suppose it just yeah come to me that it was good um the world championship for me to to win that event that was what i went there for um, I wanted to finish in the top 10 and win the ascent because I, I figured and I was sure that I could. Um, there was no reason I couldn't. Um, and, yeah, I achieved my goals. I finished 10th overall um, and uh, won the ascent. So I just had a bit of a problem in the in the rescue, a weird gear problem. Uh, <laughs> I had a five-to-one um, system with a – um, to pick the dummy out of the fork and, and something just got twisted and basically <laughs> lost all, me- all mechanical advantage and, and that kept me out of the Masters basically. So um, I was it six ha- points out of the Masters it happens, and I would have lost at least 10, yeah. So, That's a uh, shame. But, some, yeah, something to remember for next year, man. Yeah, it was good. It was You know, it was good to know where I sit. I was, I, you know, I'd put the world championships up on a pedestal for a long time. Like it was always a huge goal for me to get there, yeah. um, to qualify and to get there. Um, I've just had a re- shoulder reconstruction two weeks ago. So I'd put that off a few years to get there um, at the at the Australian championships this year to, to qualify for the world championships. I dislocated my shoulder twice in the masters and I pop, popped it back in, you know, don't give up, don't give up. We kept pushing through and, and I got to where I needed to be. So, dude, that's grit. Um, that's grit. It was worth. It. That's so. No, that's that's really. It really says something. I think about, uh, you know, desire and the process uh, of what it takes. You know, mentally and physically. I mean, it is. Uh, it's just incredible. Truly. Yeah, like this is. I just had my third reconstruction, um, and uh, I had a fractured spine as well. So, I've gone through a bit. <laughs> of adversity to get to where I am and um, it's actually it's it, the, the climbing competitions they drive me to, to get better from my injuries um, like I'm already chomping at the bit to go climbing again um, I have a goal obviously to go back to the world championships and um, like it's it's, it's going to be a push for me to be ready to qualify um, but I'm going to you know the, the climbing comps for me has, has been the driving force about for me to get back from injuries yeah, it's something, uh, you know, goal oriented, uh, a yeah. good reason to rehab and, and get back into the, 
uh, into the training process and, and preparing for, you know, for the next, uh, regional event or whatever's next on the list. Um, you know, Jamie, the, the other thing that I wanted to talk about, um, and, uh, you know, you can go into as far, as far as you want, but, uh, your silky, silky sponsorship. Can you, can you talk a little bit about that? Sort of how that, uh, came about and, you know, your role as an ambassador and, and stuff like that, because I think that's a, uh, just a really cool thing to, to sort of be in that position to represent such an awesome company. And, and, um, so talk a little bit about that and your experience with that a little bit. Yeah, it was a, it sort of came about, um, uh, probably two years, uh, last year, last year at the, um, Queensland championship. So my regional, um, championship. I won. I won the competition and and got a gold silky um, as prize. Um, and then so one of the guys from Silky Swords Australia, so the importer, they're pretty close to where I am, probably half an hour drive. Um, they called me up and and was just you know congratulations on you in and got a, got chatting a bit then and they were like oh you'd be interested in you know coming and do some stuff for us in the future yeah you know no dramas and then probably. I didn't really think too much of it. And then probably six months later, I um, got another phone call and they were sort of like, oh, we've got this new Silky coming out. Um, would you want to come in and do a video? Um, and, uh, you know, I'll give you, give you a Silky. And I'm like, yeah, sure, no dramas. And I just went in there and um, just started chatting with them sort of thing. And I, at that point, I don't think it was on the table. Um, Silky had sort of never never done an ambassador before. Right. Um so it was a, a new thing for them. I think they hooked some people up in the in the in the past, but as far as their brand ambassador, they'd never done that before. Um, and I just got talking to them, and and they sort of came to me with an idea that um, you know Silky's already the biggest name in hand saws in arboriculture. Um, but I know in Australia, I'm not sure what it's like over there, but um, in Australia, p- people don't understand the differences with the hand saws and range is huge, you know, the silky range is huge and you know, right. so much stuff that I had to learn about the different products and, and you know, each saw is designed for a specific purpose and, mm-hmm. and learning that in Australia, um, the, the Zubat, people just, you know, use a Zubat or a Gomtaro and that's about it. Um, the Sarugis are, are, are coming in but um, so for, for me it was, it's about educate, educating people on you know the right tool for the right job um, with with the saws. So um, I've just sort of been, you know, going into the shop. They got a lot of demo gear, so I've just been taking out, you know, different different bits of different saws, different things, and and trialing them out. So I got a, a good idea of what each saw is good for and and what they're not so good for, and and all that sort of stuff. So um, that's been it's been pretty good. And they they made me they got me special toothless Gontaro for. The world championship. That's awesome. Um, like blank ones, so they. I've got the only two in the world, um, which, is, <laughs> which is pretty cool. Because um, I, I don't like a like I've got two gold, um, two plus ones, which are actually gold plated, real gold plated. Um, <laughs> so which I didn't know. <laughs> when I, won, I thought they were just anodized or something like that, and and yeah, proper gold plated ones. But I don't like a curved blade for for competing. Um, so. I asked if they could get me, get me some some special ones, and yeah, they did. So they got me some some blank ones that they got silky um, printed on the side of them, which is pretty cool, um, with a um, red 
Gontaro case, um, the non-locking one. So I don't like a lock-in case for competing, sort of a little bit slow. Um, I just run a lead on it. And so they got me, they don't produce those cases anymore, but they they had some in Japan. So they sent me those as well, um, which is pretty cool. Yeah, um, dude, that's yeah, so rad. Cool little deal. Yeah. It's just... Yeah, so um, next, next year they're planning on... Um, you know, so every year they'll they'll try and bring on a new ambassador. Um, so I, I get to help them choose the next the next person, um, which is which is pretty cool. So they'll still help be helping me out in the future, but each year they're trying to they want to start bringing on somebody new. Everybody's got a, a different channel to get to the right. to the workers, and you know, different different for them. So um, which is pretty cool for me. I get to, to help choose, um, and then also some product development as well. Had some ideas on a better system to attach the silkies to your harness. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's sort of being because you know I modify. I'll take the clip off mine and I'll do a few different things to to make it fit on the harness. Yeah, and nicer. Um, and so we're looking at some different different things to do, like a a carry tool style of attachment to the harness. Um, something along those lines, right? Uh, which is pretty cool, a bit of product development and things like that, which is which is cool. No, totally, man. I think that uh, that's one of the uh, – just sort of the little pieces of flair or character that I've always uh, noticed that comes from the climbing comps is not just necessarily the big picture stuff, but just like stuff just like that, the way that people, the climbers, attach their handsaw to their saddle. It seems like everybody has, you know, their little variations – um, of gear and like you're saying product development and how can you make things better and, and how can you improve on this and that and I think it's just really great for the community at large uh, to yeah. see you know those things come to fruition uh, through that process and you know obviously um, these companies have uh, have the right people and in, in the right places to be uh, to be doing that so uh, yeah Hey man, that's I don't want to keep you too long. I I I'm so grateful for the uh, for the call, and I I hope that I could bug you in the future and 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 get you back on the podcast to sort of catch up yep. on on what you're working on and and your uh, how your rehab goes with your shoulder. I hope I, I wish you the best of luck with that, Jamie. I really do, man. Yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate appreciate you having me on. Um, and I've, I've wanted to come on for a little while now, especially when you messaged me and asked if I would. Sort of jumped at it. Um, you know, it's, it's it's really good what you're doing. So, um, man, I appreciate appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Um, can I do a bit of a shout out? Oh, dude, yeah, absolutely, man. Um, I obviously want to thank Silky Saws um, for for that. Uh, the company I work for, Treescape, they actually um, pay for me to go to all the competitions I go to as well. So even the World Championships, to pay for my flights and and everything to there, which is you know probably. It's pretty, a high money value. Um, another small company and a good friend of mine, the Climate Cartel, um, he makes clothing, so he's always been a big supporter of mine um, and, you know, gives me a lot of free clothes and supports us. Um, we do a Australia versus New Zealand competition, um, televised event in New Zealand every year, um, the top three from top three males and top female, and he's, you know, sponsored our team um, for Team Australia gear, gave us shirts and rope bags and um, skins with, Team Australia on the on the sleeves and things like that. So he's just a small, you know, has his own little business, tree business, and and wanted to make some some art specific clothing. So shout out to him. Um, 
yeah, that, that's about it. Shout out to my brother too. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome, Jamie. Dude, thank you so much, man. You were uh, uh, awesome to chat with. And uh, like I said, man, I look forward to uh, getting together in the future and uh, and talking it out. Happy days, mate. Thank, thank you, you very much. Talk to you soon, buddy. Same, mate. Thanks for joining us for another edition of the Arb Life Podcast. Please follow along at the website, www.thearblife.com. Sign up for an email subscription to get all the latest updates of interviews and blog posts. This edition of the Arb Life Podcast was brought to you from the passionate pursuit to find inspiration one tree at a time.